Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bracia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, Supermamas. How are you doing? Good. Helena, our Thanksgiving plans have changed, have taken a turn. Taken a dive. I'm not even sure what I'm going to do with this thing. I feel like we all need to get in a group chat ASAP and figure everything out. I actually actually sent my message already. Nobody has responded. Because everyone doesn't want to admit to the fact that it's not going to happen. And um, (laughs) now I'm like, I mean, thank God that Sabina made it to today's performance that my son did. Like you have no idea, like the tears that were happening this morning because (laughs) Sabina wasn't going to come, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. She's also sleeping over, by the way. Not sure if you know that, but she's sleeping over. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, see, the thing, like, last time when she got home and her room is so dirty, I mean, I was like, you're not going anywhere until your room is clean. Well, we talked to her yesterday. Did they tell you? We got no, a, I haven't really on, talked to anybody. Oh, right, right. So we got the news that she was grounded because she didn't clean her room. <laughs> not only that, that room is like a bomb was dropped in that room. Yes. So we... um got on a phone with her, FaceTime, Eduardo and I, and we talked to her. We're like, what is happening? What are the choices you're making with your life? (laughs) She was very receptive and said, it's a lot of work. (laughs) And Eduardo was telling her, Sabina, those are the consequences that you get for having so many toys. You have to face (laughs) your consequences. Yes, yes. He was like, what would you rather do? Clean your room? Or come here and hang out with me. You won't be able to come and hang out with me if you don't clean your room. So then later she went on and she cleaned her room apparently. She told me that she did and she... She cleaned up part of it. I know. Mom was like telling me that she... she well, literally it was mom cleaning it, not Sabina, but yes. Well, anyway. And then she was able to come to the performance. And now I have a whole ass turkey brining and all this food being prepped. And I don't know who's coming. Well... I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I I just got here from Oaxaca and I show up to this. To, I was like, let me go to to my house and assess the situation because I don't even know. My kids look fine. Oh, right, mom. So okay. So let's. Can we just say my my our mom has COVID and she had COVID last Thanksgiving, <laughs> but it was very different because she was in a different place and now you know she's been with your girls and Sabina tested negative this morning, which is why she could come to the event. Is she wearing? She better be wearing a mask. Sure. So now we're just like, what is happening? TBD, guys. TBD. And like, stay what tuned. is COVID now? It's just like, COVID? yeah, I don't understand. Like, mom looks fine. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I want everyone to come over tomorrow. Still, I don't know if mom should come over because she's the one who has COVID. But <laughs> I don't know if mom should show up for Thanksgiving. But no. But I was, I, you know, I, I was telling her like, if anything, mom, like, we'll stay with you, right? Like, my kids and I will stay with you, and then we'll have our own dinner, just us. Because we have to be there to serve my children. You know, I think what I need to do is I'll make the dinner and then I'll just send it and you guys can have it. You know, I don't know how she, I don't know if mom has the stamina to actually cook. Mom's still cooking. She was, she's brining oxtail. She's doing, I don't know what, with a mask. So we'll see. TBD, guys. We will let you know what happened. Aside from Thanksgiving, Paulina, who do we have on the show today? Today on the show, we have finally our amazing friend, Salvador Salcedo, better known as Sal Sal Hair. Originally from Mexico, he moved to the United States when he was 13. It was in the U.S. that he discovered his passion for barbering, starting with cutting hair in his garage. 
and then honing his skills through Tony and Guy. Over the years, Sal has become a household name in the beauty industry, working at top salons like Sally Hirschberger, Ramirez Tran, and Salon Benjamin, where he created iconic hairstyles for everyone from celebrities and artists to moms and grandmothers. And now he is at Nova Art Salon. He is the owner. Well, he's the owner now he, to now having his own salon. You guys need to hear this episode. It's Beyond Hair. You guys are going to love it. Anyway, enjoy our episode with Sal Salcedo. Oh my God. Finally, finally, <laughs> after years and years and years, welcome to the show, Sal. Thank you, ladies. It's been a long time coming, huh? It's been a long time coming, but you know what? Kind of, sort of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> we kind of been doing our hair with you forever, and then we finally get you on the show. How are you? I'm doing really, really well today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you are here with us today. And tell me, before we get into our conversation, can you please tell the Supermamas a little bit about Sal, 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 who you are, donde vives, con quien vives, que haces, a que te dedicas, que te gusta. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit and a lot about and you. Your school, please, because I know you know it all. For those of you that don't know me or the ones that know a little bit about me, my name is Salvador Salcedo, or known as Sal Sal. I'm a hairstylist in LA. I own my own salon, which is here. And I've been doing hair for quite some time. I started at age 13. Now the cutting has evolved into more of like a teaching. I started in my garage, cutting hair in my garage when I came from Mexico, age 13. I started cutting my own hair, my friends, family. And that kind of became my, my way to connect with people. There were many things that I, I did early in my life. I wanted to be, when I lived in Mexico, I wanted to be president of Mexico one day. That was my, my big dream. I would vote for you, Sal. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and when I came to the States, everything changed. You know, I went through the challenges of being an immigrant and not knowing English, not knowing the possibilities of, of what this new life held for me. And I went and tried many different areas like psychology. I thought I could be a history teacher, playing soccer, boxing. And I thought I could do all those things. All those things really got me excited, but not fully fulfilled. It wasn't like the full, yeah, this is what I can do. It didn't have the effect of thinking, becoming a president and hair was my way to just cut my own hair, take care of myself. And what I started noticing was that if I cut hair, maybe I can make some money with that money. I can go to the community college and, and, and pay my own schooling for things I actually wanted to learn. I, I'm sure you guys can agree that education system in, in, in America, it's you're not paying for it, the basic needs. It's not really, it's not really all that. I came in from Mexico knowing so much more than the kids in public school. So it wasn't really doing it for me. So that money cutting hair uh, allowed me to take classes at the community college while going to high school. And that was really cool because it opened up my, my eyes to all the possibilities. I remember taking my first yoga class in, in community college, taking psychology classes, sociology, painting, sculpting. And, and, and all those things really opened up my, my eyes again to the possibilities. But sooner than later... The more that I did hair, the more that I connected with people, it, it just kept taking me back into all these things that you're exploring It's are going to make you a better hairstylist. So at age 21, uh, after a particular incident, there was a kid. I, I tutored him and I coached him in soccer. And he opened up to me in the chair about suicide. And that's when it really just hit me because 
I was able to have an impact on him and kind of like keep him off the ledge. But it wasn't as his soccer coach and it wasn't as his tutor. It was as a hairstylist. And that's when it really made me realize, holy cow, this is way deeper than, than I could ever imagine. So at 21, I dropped everything I was doing and I went straight for hair school. And fast forward to, that was in 2012. Fast forward 10 years, 11 years later, and he, here I am. I, I got to say that, yes, sitting in your chair is way more than just going to cut your hair. Like, I don't know. There's an easiness. Like, we've had so many different conversations, you and I, about everything and anything <laughs> on your chair. And, like, opened up, you know, many, many things. So I think definitely that's one thing that stands out from you, that it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go get my hair cut. I, I know that there's mostly, like, men that they go, like, every week and just shave, shave, hey, right? But I think like the experience that I have with you every time I go, it's like very, very wholesome. You're a very wholesome person. You give a lot of positive energy all the time. And I love having different conversations with you. And, you know, every time I get there, you always ask me, how do you want to do your hair this way? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me how you want it. <laughs> and like, we just go with the vibe. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, I love that experience. Like uh, every time I sit in your chair, it's very, very different. Yeah. And we've been going. I don't even know. How long have you been doing your hair with Salbris? Yeah. Very, very, very long time. I mean, before you were even at a salon, Sal, even before you had a chair at a place. Like I remember the moment you got your first chair and the milestone that that felt for you. And for me, I have the utmost respect for people that just have the courage and bravery to do what they love. And honestly, to be able to make a living out of what you love is such a privilege in this world and this life. And there's it takes so much bravery because it's not easy. I know that people may look at your life, at your Instagram and may think, oh my gosh, like he's so lucky <laughs> and you're very blessed, but you've worked so hard and to be able to, your career, your business career, all the ups, all the downs, all the doubts, but also what I admire of you just so hard is your ability to stay grounded amidst it all, your ability to just be your authentic self no matter what. And just seeing you flourish as a dad and how much your life changed when you became a father and how you actually grew up. Like you became a grown-up after you had Luz. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey that you've had. We don't have that many dads in this show. It's usually all about moms. And to be honest, we always shit on fathers. But there's something to be said about men who show up for their children, men who show up for their families, and you're one of them. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about your trajectory and how it changed you as a man becoming a father. Thank you. Thank you for all, for all that. Thank you for seeing all that, first of all. I agree. I, I do have to admit that it is very challenging. It, it, it is challenging wearing all those hats, right? I, ha I, have a, I have a quick story for you guys, which actually I realized that story talking to, to our friend Victor, but I had this whole thing of like, you'll understand more of what I'm saying, but based on this story, my, my grandpa, both of my grandpas used to wear hats, uh, uh, like Vaquero hats and in the rancho. So I always thought that was like the most revered symbol of like masculinity and like fatherhood and like patriarchal image. And I didn't think I could wear a hat until I don't know when. I hadn't even asked myself when, but I remember this you mean trip. Like, when, a sombrero? like a sombrero? Sombrero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an oh, actual okay, hat. But I remember going to Nashville with our son. He was, if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't even a year old and, and, we were looking for hats and I felt like it was the right time to wear a hat. And so I buy this hat 
And all of a sudden I become obsessed with hats and I'm buying all these hats. And what I started realizing was that they were all kind of piled up and in the closet throughout the house. And I felt like I needed to wear each one at a different time. And what I realized was that, that all those hats represented all the aspects of who I am thinking that I needed to wear them at different times, which I do think is true, but I hadn't realized that all those hats are me. And I think that's the culmination of, of what fatherhood meant to me, the sense of like, from now on, you know, you, you are all of those pieces that are shattered that you thought of them as like different eras of your life or different parts of yourself. All of a sudden I became aware that I was all of it. And I think with that, realizing that now, I think it's making me and it's going to make me a better father because now I have to, as I learned that, I can show my son that he can be all these different things. He has the ability to pick and choose depending on his, in his life and through the seasons, uh, what part of him is necessary for the particular task at hand. So yeah, fatherhood is... <laughs> I do admire the way that you parent. I've met your child. I, I know your I know your wife. And one thing that I always, always admire about your wife, shout out to to your wife because she's an amazing, amazing person. Kat. And she every time I see her, she's smiling. Every <laughs> single like I don't I don't remember if there's has any been any times that I've never seen her smiling. She always carries the hugest smile on her face. And I think it's a testament of the way that you guys live your life, right? Very pure, very, you love nature. Luz has had so many amazing experiences with you guys. And the way that you look at life so positively, how did you get there? Because I think like you are really teaching your son how in the future he's going to be a great man, you know, like just being a man that is in touch with himself and like, happy all the time and i mean i'm sure that you, there's not like 24 7 right i'm sure there is many challenges and we all go through different challenges but i really like brisa was saying i really admire the way that you look at life the way that you are so positive and it's not easy to get there because there's so many things that go against against that thought so i would love to hear how you keep grounded how do you keep positive what is the kind of work that you do because we're very similar in that yes I think it's it's no mistake that I'm in the quote-unquote beauty industry. I, I always say that, well, the superficial part of it, it's like uh, do hair for people so they look pretty or they feel pretty, they feel beautiful, right? But I think of it in a deeper sense. Uh, um, I, I always say that the artist is responsible for reminding people of the beauty in the world, right? And I think the way to achieve that is by finding the beauty in everything, even in the challenging things, even in the things that we're not the most proud about. And, and I think that when we do that, we can use them as lessons to, to understand deeper parts of ourselves. which reminds me another story. <laughs> I was doing um, the Mascal training in uh, Ciudad de Mexico. It was like a six weekend long period. And that alone was amazing for me. This was maybe like two years ago. My son was maybe two. And I meet, I become friends with this guy, Edgar. Uh, shout out to Edgar. He's an amazing Temascalero now. And he had also become a dad. And so he takes me to this indigenous elder in Mexico. And he's like, vamos, vamos. He's going to do like a, a reading for us. So the whole reading is basically the guy smokes tobacco. He blows it on you. And based on how the tobacco reacts, he's able to read 
stuff about you. So, you know, I love this stuff, but I'm also very skeptical. So I'm like, ah, vamos a ver. Let's, let's see what he can do, right? Long story short, he gets to a particular reading and he's like, you have a son, right? And I'm like, yeah. And at the time, I remember having a hard time, believe it or not, talking to Luz, feeling like I couldn't really, I don't know, I felt weird around him. And so he, and I kept calling him my little buddy, my little friend. And so the guy tells me, all of this in Spanish, obviously, he's like, you treat him like a, you have a son and you treat him like a friend. I'm like, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking like, yeah, that's a cool thing. And he's like, you're his father. <laughs> he says that and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> take it easy. And he's like, you have a hard time talking to him. And I'm like, yeah. And all of a sudden, my whole life is playing in, in my head, which my dad, my dad is still around, but he, big part of his life, he went away to work and and I wouldn't see him. Right. So. He's like, you know, you need to talk to him like a father. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, how do you do that? You know, and he says, he tells me, he's like, romanticize him more. And I'm like, huh? He's like, well, you know, like show him like the, the beautiful things in life. He's like, if you see like a flower, like pick it up and like look at the petals, you know, like touch the water running from the stream and do all these beautiful things. He's like, but also do the other, which is. If you see a man yelling like crazy on the streets, like have him look at him. If you cut yourself, have him stick his finger in your wound. Basically, he's saying like the beautiful things and the not so beautiful things, have him look at it. And it emphasizes this idea of what I'm saying that I think in order to keep grounded, it's, it's important to look at the beautiful things in life and look at the non so beautiful things in life so that your, your child can be aware of it. You know, they're not running away from it. They're not completely like, I know, like I will never go there. You know, like it's important to celebrate your celebratory moments and also like mourn the aspects that, that are to be mourned about. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, like, like I said, you and I have had like so many conversations in your chair about this and all the work that you do to continue to stay grounded like that, because I feel like when you have so many people go through and you're like a therapist, low key, you're like a therapist. And I'm sure like the same way that I tell you all these things, like everybody tells you. So you got to like really protect yourself. And not only you do work, like emotional work, but you also like fast and you like eat really clean, like how you keep yourself at all the time, like on your what do you call it, on your prime? Like, what do you call that? <laughs> on my shit. <laughs> I think the right thing to say is that you honor and respect your body. That's just, mm. I think there's no other way of saying it. Thank you, Bricia. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, you do. You do. Like, I'm, I always admire that of you. Sometimes I go and you tell me, oh, you know, I've been fasting for like a week. And I'm like, okay. And you do that a lot, right? You do that a lot. Do you have like a regimen? Like, do you follow a regimen through the year? Yeah, it started being in my seventh year. This seventh year has been a little different. I was uh, allowing myself to be a little more lenient, but for the past six years, the, the whole, at least the setup was to try to do once a month, three days of water. And there were many times which I didn't, which I also was part of the learning, like, hey, you don't need to be so demanding. So rigid, also, yeah. yeah, like allow yourself to, if it feels right not to. But that I think has been one of the most impactful things because when you deplete yourself from the food, or, or the drinking, whatever it is, caffeine or, or anything, you realize how your thoughts and your body is actually is at its pure form. I like to say that we're always digesting. We're either digesting the food we're eating, we're digesting the music that we're listening to, we're listening, we're digesting the, the drama of it all. 
But I think when you put a bit of a barrier and you're with your own self, then then that's when the real listening to yourself happens. I know that when I'm not fasting, uh, I can be very uh, brain fog, but also my body doesn't react the same way. So when it's all depleted, I can really, really attune to to my inner like inner guidance. Wow. And I mean, another thing that we all want to hear about is everything about hair, because we are with salsa hair, salsa hair. And, you know, you are the hair expert. The hair, we, we call you the head whisperer, the, the hair whisperer right here. <laughs> Herapist. 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 You are the herapist. And the other day you and I were talking about seasons and what the seasons mean in the hair and why it's important to cut your hair in different seasons in your life. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that, the seasons and the hair. When should we cut our hair? What are some of the things that we can do to keep our hair super healthy all the time? We want to know all the tricks from the best of the best. Yeah, I think it kind of continue what we're saying, right? Like it's like listening to yourself. I think when there's a more deeper connection with the intuition of who I am right now, then the hair, the clothing, everything that, that is seen by the other people can be our tool to, to tell the world, yes, this is who I am right now, right? So when, when I talk about seasons with hair, what I, what I mean is that there's four seasons and things change, right? The, the, the trees grow, the blossom, the fruit or the flower, and then there's a point of leaving that behind, letting that go. In the same way, we go through those seasons, right? I think that's the beauty of being more connected to nature, that, that you can learn from it of like, okay, time to let go or time to grow, or time to uh, hibernate. But when we're a little bit out of those seasons, our seasons can last anywhere from like five days to five months to five years. You know, a lot of people get stuck in their seasons and their life of like, oh, this is my moment of, of letting go. And it's just like excessive letting go. Just like there's nothing that's grounding them. So when it comes to hair, what I like to make the person be aware of is that they can use it as a tool. Like, okay, you know, I went through a big breakup or I'm starting a new job or I'm venturing into this new business or simple as like, I'm going to clean my whole house. So your hair can be used as, okay, if I'm cleaning my house or I'm ending up a relationship, then maybe I can cut my hair off to symbolize that. What, what, what's beautiful about that is that, that the, the world is full of symbols. It's all symbologies. It's in symbols. Symbols rule the world. So this too can be used as a symbol to tell the world where you're at, to tell yourself, you know, um, through the subconscious mind, uh, okay, yeah, this is this is my new beginning. Shave my head. You know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that, but as simple as picking a little bit of a blue hair, maybe blue has a connotation. Blue means blah, blah, blah. So maybe I'll use this little blue streak. Like what does purple signify to you, you know? So that's the kind of stuff that I like to work with my with my clients, like not be so superficial with the hair. Like I tell them right away, I'm like, look, you're going to look great after this, right? You're going to look great. You're going to feel great. But let's make it a little bit deeper. And so I always say there's like a co-creation with them to really say what they want. You know, a lot of people are really afraid to say, I want to feel sexy. You guys don't have that issue. Don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> but some people do, you know? And, and, and so I tell them like, look, like, I like to say that we are the hairstylists. Our job is to be the translator for the person. I always say that the person knows what they want, but sometimes they don't know how to articulate it. They're, they're shy. They don't want to say it, but it's in there deep, you know? So if you're able to help them out and they say, yes, I do want to feel like a badass, or I want to feel very uh, pretty, 
or I want to feel sophisticated. I don't know, classic, classic beauty, whatever that is. I, I always like to, through the words that I use and choose, I, I help them create that mood work with me. So that way it's a very conscious decision of what they're doing. So that way, like I'm conscious, you know, like me wearing a blazer today, it's a conscious decision too. I know what it makes me feel like. I feel powerful when I wear a blazer coat, right? If I wear PJs, maybe right away I feel sleepy. If I wear a dress, then I feel a certain way. So hair, in my opinion, should be the same way. You know, like it makes you and it helps you carry yourself in a very distinct, particular way. So why not be more conscious about embracing the seasons and, and putting like a marking in your life that will say, from now on, I'm this person. From now on, I am this person. Kind of like back to the hat things that we were saying, right? I'm all of them, but maybe right now is a season of being a, a, a badass. Maybe right now is a season of being very firm with your decisions, you know? When it comes to hair, long hair for the most part. Hair is your antenna. Hair is your roots too. So it connects you. It's a little more embracing, a little more connecting. Whenever our hair is cut off, we cut off that sensibility in a way. Which it doesn't mean that long hair is good, short hair is bad, but it can be used as a tool, right? If say you go to a meeting, for the most part, women are picking up the hair away, away from the face, or men are slicking it back. Why? Because it's almost like warrior, right? You run into like war zone. When you're feeling really good about yourself, when you're feeling sexy, when you're making love, for the most part, people let the hair loose because intuitively they want to feel more, right? So... That's what I like to make people aware of, that the hair has different meanings and different uses depending on how you go about it. So if a woman comes in, it usually never fails. I'm leaving my boyfriend from 80 years relationship. How do you think her hair looks like? For the most part, it's long hair. Why? Because that's like in subconscious way, it's their, their, their chain that has been keeping them connected to this person. So what do you see? Cut off the hair short, right? Or we do a bangs or a woman is that, that finally gets married. For the most part, they cut their hair off. Why? Because now they're, you know, it's a new beginning in their, in their season, you know? So I like to bring awareness of, of different ways that hair is looked at in, in different cultures as well. And then like what it symbolizes to them. And, and I weave that in my work. So it's not just like your classic next, you know, like that's not, that doesn't do it for me. It has to be deeper. And I connect my people to that deeper understanding. Wow. And this is why you're so great. Again, this is why you're so great because you you like you have intention. Like we always talk about intention here. Like, yes. what is the intention, right? What is the intention behind everything that you do? And before we let you go, because I know you're always super busy, we want to share your top three tips to keep a amazing, healthy main. Ooh, let's let's cause some controversy here. <laughs> My top one always. And shout out to to your brother Fernando because he's the one that oh yes kind of inspired exactly this. What you're gonna uh -huh. say is not <laughs> overwashing your hair. Wait, this is very different. Wait, wait, hold on. Because Fernando is like also like not like he didn't use shampoo. I don't think he does. He, uh, he no doesn't shampoo use shampoo. No, still? still no. It's been a long time, but it's been like years with no shampoo. So now yes. it's you know. So I think Paulina tried it. She couldn't handle it. I, it was really great. I mean, my hair got super healthy, but then, you know, you start using product and you start using tools and then you have to wash it. I don't know. Do you? I do agree that you have to wash your hair here and there, depending on where you're doing. You know, like when I go camping, like I come back and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wash my hair. But I, I, I try to push my clients because I'm also realistic. I'm like, hey, like we live in an environment that we're around other people and, and we want to change that way. We're style hair different. 
So I try to push my clients to once a week washing. I think once a week is, it's a good balance that you're not overdoing, overwashing the hair. So that's my first and foremost tip. We can do a whole podcast episode on that alone. And if I only give you one, it will be that one. That's it. Not overwashing. Yeah. If you're washing your hair every day, whoever's listening to this, you're, you're overdoing it. It's too much. Think of your hair like, you know, when you wash your hair, when you wash your hands after doing uh, washing dishes, like your hands feel so dry, right? And then you have to like moisturize them. So a lot of people are in the cycle of overwashing their hair. Now they have to buy all these products to compensate. So when you don't, you let your scalp uh, balance its, uh, itself naturally. I grew up in Mexicali and it's really hot. So I will wash my hair. Next day, I will go like this, smell, sebum so much because I'm overproducing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Every time you wash your hair, your scalp wants to produce more oil to make up for it. So a lot of people are overproducing oil. So the hair gets really stinky, sweaty, even like sweat alone. Like I, I'm even not afraid to say it. Like some people, their, their regulation of sweat balances because their scalp is not having to work so hard. And not only to say that texture itself becomes, hair has memory. So the less you wash your hair, the more you allow your hair to do what it's supposed to do naturally. Wow. So can I ask you a question on that really quick? Because, you know, my daughter is in the, it's a preteen and I'm thinking about her because I, sometimes her hair smells, but maybe it's just because she's growing, you know, is there something that we should use for like the smell? Because I think that's everybody's pee pee, like, oh, my hair's so smelling. Like, is there something that we can use for the smell? At the beginning, yes, but what I would, <laughs> I know it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Like it's, what I would suggest is to start decreasing. If you're overwashing your hair per se, once a day or every other day, start decreasing. So once a month, n this month, do every two days, next month, every three days, next month, every four days. Mm -hmm. So that way you give your heads, your scalp, a little bit of space to, to uh, rebalance. It's the same with like, like changing your, like deodorant, you know, like, and then all Got of a sudden it. you're. Same, same kind of idea. So I would say stick through it instead of adding something else to the scalp that now it has to balance. Reduce. Yeah. Reduce. Just reduce it a little bit. Oh, I love and that. Watch the magic happen. Yes. I mean, that's the best, that's the best tip. And also I think I would say just make sure that you massage your scalp, no? Like massage yes. your scalp. So that would be my, my number two is stimulating your hair. If we were all just sitting here, although it's very comfortable and we're talking, if we're sitting here for a year we will start just like falling apart, right? We, we need movement, right? That's why we walk, that's why we exercise. So same with the hair. This is something that I'm learning recently, just like based on my own theories and based on like <laughs> talking to clients, but hair likes to move. So meaning how you guys have your hair up today, great. Tomorrow, let it down. The next day, wear a hat. The next day, put it up again. Hair likes to be moved. Why? Because it depends on, on blood circulation. And then the other sense, which is energy, right? Like energetically, when something is just in the same place, that's why you switch your, you're like, oh, I'm looking at my house and you're like, ah, I feel like I need to move stuff around, right? Energetically. So hair needs the same thing. My hair does so much better when I, like yesterday I had it up because I knew I was going to see you guys today. I wanted to look extra good. So I put my hair up yesterday. Why? Because it likes, it thrives on, on the movement. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh my God. I, I didn't even think about that, but it's like. Yeah, like everything, right? You just need to keep I moving and flowing. Do you have one question, Sal? Yes. Do we brush before we shower, after we shower, or both? Ooh, good question. I think both are good. It really has to do with your own hair and how you're brushing. With a, a lot of these answers is how you do it, right? So hair becomes, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, 30% more elastic when it's wet. So a lot of people, when they're showering, 
they're doing the whole thing and they trust that the hair is moving. But then when the hair goes back to its shape, you're like, oh my God, like all this hair fell off. Or So we have to be a little gentle when the hair is wet. I think I'm more of like a dry combing or dry brushing. Got it. I would do it before you actually wash it. I think it will be the best to kind of shake things up and you allow the, the water and the shampoo to actually do its work. I would say prior to. And if you leave your hair down, because remember, memory, right? So you want your hair to kind of go back to its curls or its waves or whatever. So doing it after washing, you're kind of taking away from that. So it's a little better to do it prior to washing. All right. And in the between and the days that we're not washing our hair, do we have to hydrate our hair? Because I usually feel like I need to hydrate it in the between, like the, the edges, the las puntas. Think of it as moisturizing, right? Like when your lips are dry, we moisturize. So the beauty of not washing is that the hair holds its moisture. When you're overwashing, oh. taking the shampoo, then the hair leaves, you know, starts fading and, and being less moisturized. So then you have to add more. So realistically, if you want to <laughs> save money on, on products, don't wash it so much. But yeah, moisturize the ends. I always tell people, like, even if your hair is really dry, say, let's say right now you, you bleach your hair, you got some highlights, your hair is a little bit drier because summer just happened, you were swimming in the pool. Carry a little, a little oil or a little moisture cream, put it in your, in your purse and throughout the day, even just like one little drop. Well, we will let you go, Sal, because I know you're a basic man and there's many heads to be cut, much hair to be, much hair, m- much hair to be flowing many in heads the to world. Be cut. There's a lot of hair out there. <laughs> there's a lot I of did hair cut my daughter's bangs. I will send you a photo. Ooh, I, I cut okay. them and it was a see. great experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... I think I did a good job. She loved it. <laughs> Before we let you go, Sal, please let the super mamas where they can find you. How can they follow you? Where they can book uh, una sesión con Sal Sal. I mean, if they can get in, of course. If they can get in. <laughs> well, no, actually, where can they put their name on the wait list? That's the better. That's a better uh... Well, it's easy to find me on my Instagram. I think primordially on Sal Sal Hair. And then my website is salsalcedo at salsalcedo.com. And that's where you can see where city I'm going to be in. I'm, I reside here in Los Angeles. But if I'm not here, then I'm usually in a different city. I have online education. If you're a hairstylist that wants to know more about my hair philosophy, I have online education. I'm working on a book. I'm working on a lot of things. That's the best way to stay tuned. Well, thank you for being with us today, Sal. Thank you. Hey sisters, thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on supermamas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in the face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your super mama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!